Welcome back to another episode of Working Wife, Happy Life. This is your host, Bethany Baines. This week, a tremendous thing happened uh, within the breadwinning women's community at work. Uh, What started out as a woman reaching out to get support and resources for a friend who was trying to escape an abusive relationship became the most beautiful week-long story of a community of women rallying behind someone they didn't know to lift her up and out of danger. There were resources and information gathered. There was funding gathered. There were offers of clothes and toys and books for this woman's daughter. And it really brought to mind so many important things. One was the importance of asking for help. Two, the ability of a group of women to rally behind another to help someone, even people that they don't know. And it really reminded me of the quote from Margaret Mead, to never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. So I am so happy to have all of you here with us on the Working Wife Happy Life community. And I encourage you all to think about the communities that you're a part of and how meaningful your contributions really are. Speaking of women helping women and others in general, I am so excited for today's episode with a woman who I have absolutely fangirled over since I first met her. Lisa McCarthy is the CEO and co-founder of the Fast Forward Group, and she's an absolute force of inspiration, personal development, and shoot-from-the-hip candor. After spending decades in corporate America, Lisa experienced the pace, pressure, uncertainty, and rapid change that this environment breeds. She saw firsthand the toll this could take on people and believed it did not have to be this way. So along with her co-founder, they determined that it's possible to be successful both personally and professionally, and as such developed a simple, practical program that takes a unique whole-life approach. It inspires people to dramatically expand what they see as possible, change limiting mindsets, and go after their goals and dreams with intention and discipline. In this episode, we discuss finding what success and happiness looks like for you, how you kind of step off the track of your life to ensure you're not just doing, but are being. We discuss retraining your thoughts at length and how to avoid a quote unquote power outage. We also discussed their bold vision exercise, one which you can take advantage of right now. Uh, Actually, no, listen to the episode first and then do the bold vision exercise. Uh, It's linked to in the notes, but it can be found at fastforwardgroup.net forward slash bold dash vision dash workshop. And I would encourage you to earmark 30 minutes to also devour her YouTube video about choosing a new story. If you just search Lisa McCarthy Fast Forward Group on YouTube, you'll find it. You can learn more about Lisa and her work by connecting with her on LinkedIn and exploring the site fastforwardgroup.net. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Lisa McCarthy. I'm so excited to have you on my podcast, Working Wife, Happy Life, as as the founder of a program that has impacted me tremendously uh, throughout my career and very significantly the day that I participated five years ago. So welcome, welcome, and thank you for making the time. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. 
you had me at the title of the podcast, Working Wife, Happy Life. Well, we were, you know, we were just talking about how sometimes you see these narratives that are either studies or, you know, uh, uh, just general messages that we get of how things are. And you're like, yeah, no, not me. And that's where the title of the podcast came from, because everything that I was told about being a breadwinning woman was that, you know, there was increased divorce and increased anxiety and depression and infidelity and all these negative things. And I was like, no, no, that's not going to be my story. Um, and that's why Working Wife, Happy Life, because I was told that those were not things that went together. And I fundamentally disagree. Yes, I think we are the lucky ones. No, no judgment. All of my friends, uh, most of my friends that are not in corporate America, they do work. They just don't collect a paycheck. They're, they're yeah. working oh, on, you works, know, yeah. the, the, the school home team or whatever it is that they want to make a difference, but everybody's working, at least in my mm -hmm. circle, you know, we want to wake up and feel productive and feel needed. And I've always felt lucky to work except, um, yeah. in New York city when there was a lot of snow and I was schlepping uptown. <laughs> so there were, there were moments of like today, I don't love work, but, but most days I love working and leading and being needed and making a difference. So I yeah. was, I was laughing with a friend of mine who, uh, was helping her, uh, a friend of hers who was doing a startup where they were creating candy boards for like celebration stuff. And she's, she took time off from her career and is thinking about getting back into it. And we were joking about the vision of the housewife sitting at home eating bonbons. I'm like, well, you technically are because you're playing with candy all day, girl. You need to get oh, back to funny. work. I'm like, that is not typically what, what uh, women do. So um, anyway, I have to share before we get into learning all of the incredible work that you do and how impactful it is for so many, uh, and not just women, I think this is really a very impactful program for any professional. Um, but you introduced me to one of the more meaningful relationships in my life and my career, um, a friend of mine at work who uh, I know you also just worked with, but we had never been introduced to one another until we sat down to go through our bold vision, which I'd love for you to share with our listeners. And the two of us just dissolved into tears almost immediately. And we've been close friends ever since. So it really is a very mm. meaningful program and exercise. And I would love if you share, because it's so foundational to, to what you do, um, a bit about fast forward and the bold vision. Should we start there or should I start with my mission? Like the start, mission of the start. company. Yes. You tell me. You start with your mission. Okay. Um, so let's see. So the Fast Forward Group, our mission, and I actually have a co-founder, but our, our mission is to help create a new kind of workplace, a workplace where professional and personal success go hand in hand and, and really at an individual level, help people at all life stages make their ambitions and, and dreams happen. Um, and you know, that's not easy when you're working in a super high pressure, fast paced company, especially one like Google and many of our other clients where everyone's very smart and very driven. Um, you know, it really takes something. So our mission is to create that kind of workplace. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and to get everybody into a room to agree that that's what their collective goal is. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, leaders more than ever are saying we care about our people, but our program gives people a very simple, actionable framework to 
take ownership of their own success and happiness. You know, obviously a company needs to create certain elements, but mostly it's at an individual's level to, or, or it's just as important for an individual to define what does success and happiness look like for me? Where do I want to take my career? Where do I want to take my, my life? And, you know, have the courageous conversations to make it happen because a lot of these companies, um, you know, aren't going to change. They need to be profitable and there's a certain pace and a certain kind of people they hire. And so how do we help people in those companies uh, thrive versus survive? Totally. Yeah. I was just going to say the word thrive where it's, you know, there's a culture and a pulse and a DNA of a company that, you know, in most cases you can't change, nor should you, because that becomes their identifying factor. But how do you as an individual thrive in a way that you are contributing in your best possible way, that you are making your best possible path? Um, And that's what your program, I think, really spoke to me about is this idea of how do I not as a Googler, like how do I, as Bethany, navigate these waters to to find a more fulfilling road? Yes, yes, exactly. So our in all of our programs, which which eighty percent of our work is actually with men and women, but because okay. women have unique challenges in year five of the business, we created Fast Forward Women that is um, unique and and customized for women. Um, but in both programs, we work on what we call the bold vision exercise and vision is an overused word. So I'll define what we mean by that. We ask people to fast forward one year out. So it's February of 2022. And, and what does success look like for me? What does success Mm -hmm. and happiness look like for me? And, and we have a um, seven question exercise that ranges from what are you known for to what were your professional and career accomplishments to how did you grow and improve? What were your personal accomplishments? What were some of the relationships that you improved, including the one with yourself? So it forces you in a good way to step off the track of your life and mm-hmm. and and pause and, and be reflective once a year and say, you know, what is truly important to me and how will I know that it happened? And, and we have the this expression called throw your hat over the wall. When you get to a high wall and you don't know how to get over, throw your hat so you have no choice but to follow it. And and it's it's an excellent metaphor for your career and your life because there's times when you really want to make something happen or you want something to be different and you don't know how to get there. And, and you could fail, but it's worth throwing your hat and going for it. And, mm-hmm. and so this is what that exercise does. It also has you really raise your consciousness of how you show up, uh, which a lot of people are not doing, including myself for many decades, because, you know, you're just so busy doing, 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 but you're not thinking about who you're being mm-hmm. and, and how you show up. So it's, so it's really just a, um, I mean, our, our graduates say it's a life-changing exercise. Many have been doing it four years, five years, six years, eight years, we're now in, in year eight of the business. And, and at the company level, when leaders do this and, and they are willing to um, model this notion of, of, you know, playing for things that may not happen, taking risks, um, you know, choosing to be uncomfortable and also being vulnerable and showing up as a full human being. Like when, when leaders show up like that, it gives their people permission to do the same. 
Mm-hmm. And, and it's never been more important than this year, but it's always yes. been important. It's always yeah. been important because if we're just focused on the work, we miss this larger opportunity to help people, you know, develop and, and grow. And, you know, in the end, what will people talk about? It's not going to be the OKRs and the KPIs or whatever the latest whatever. acronym is, whatever the latest acronym is, but they are going to talk about who you were as a, as a leader, as a colleague, as a friend, as a parent, as a daughter or son. Um, so, so the exercise itself, like, we have a whole program that then gives you tools and, and insights to make your vision a reality. But if people were just to do the bold vision exercise, mm-hmm. the world would be a better place mm-hmm. because everyone would be thoughtful about their own success and happiness. And then, you know, having the conversations with their manager, with their partners, with the other people in their life that they, they need to make that vision happen. And, and I, I, I also feel like we've been told so often, and, and I'm speaking to women mostly at, at this point, but we've been told so often to compartmentalize, right? Mm. So that you put your- Yeah, I didn't have a baby. Your family I didn't have over a here. baby. Yeah. No, that never <laughs> happened. Um, and, and the vision and what this exercise that you're describing is really like, of course, all this stuff intersects and, and, and no- Nothing's proved that more than this past year. Yeah. Um, and we have to think about ourselves as an entire, like an entity. Yeah. And, and how do all these things make me feel? And which are the ones that are really thorns in my side? And which are the ones that are really the bright spots? And how do I optimize that? And, you know, it's like how you would think of any business or <clears throat> any workout routine, right? Like you wouldn't just work out your biceps, like you would just go for everything. And I feel like as professionals, we've been told for so long not to do that. Um, And your exercise really touches on all of those different aspects of of your life. Um, And I think one of the silver linings of COVID will be this epiphany. I mean, you know, sometimes these things happen in our world and then more goes back to the same than you thought. But I I am very optimistic that one of the silver linings will be that the more you help people be successful in their whole life, professionally and personally, they will run through walls for you. They will stay at the company longer. They will, um, you know, your your bottom line will actually be impacted, not just your culture scores, because um, people are you know, grateful to work for a manager in a company that cares not just about growing the business or decreasing delivery time or whatever it might be, but actually about people's professional development and personal well-being. So I, I think, you know, our work gives them a practical way to do that. But I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm optimistic. And I also think, you know, for years, flexibility has more been focused on, on women and my observation as a leader in corporate America was, you know, this can benefit men and women. If somebody's mm-hmm. producing the results that they need to produce and they need to go be at, you know, an event that's important to them or leave early to train for a marathon or, you know, whatever, whatever it might be. I had this guy once at work for me and he had a two hour commute in the Chicago market. And I said to him, you should work two days from home. And he almost fainted. I'm like, why would you spend four hours commuting? Like you can be calling more prospects and developing more business. And, and, you know, it was such a game changer for him. And I think in the past that was more, you know, a women, a woman's ask after she 
got pregnant. And, and I think the whole game, and I know Google's leading the way as well as a lot of the other tech companies, I just think it's going to change. And, and the younger generation does not want to work seven days a week. They just don't. You know, they, no. they, they don't. They want to work for companies that recognize they are a whole person. They have a whole life. So um, so that makes me optimistic. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there's some really there's a lot of silver linings coming out of this, you know, one of which that we've now become a family that's comfortable with groceries being delivered to our house, mm. which I'm fascinated by. Uh, but I, I, th- I mean, I think there's a lot of silver linings and I, I agree. In fact, I remember almost 12 years ago at Google, we had a conversation. Actually, it was more because I hadn't even had a baby. So I guess it was probably 14 years ago. But we had had a conversation about a a part-time structure and how do we offer this and what does this look like? And there were so many men that showed up to that conversation because they wanted to go back to school or they wanted to train for an Ironman or do yeah. things that took a significant amount of time and they had lifestyles that could afford a part-time work schedule. And I just thought it was awesome. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is not a woman's issue. This is a lifestyle. And it's the same way, you know, Google and a lot of the companies give free meals because then they can control what you're eating and that mm-hmm. you have healthy food available to you. And you're, yes, you're not wasting time going to buy lunch outside, but also, like that cuts down on the healthcare costs that we have, which exactly. helps, you know, it's like when you just think about it more holistically, it makes a ton of sense for humanity, but it also makes a ton of business sense. Totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So I know when I wrote my first bold vision, um, as I shared at the beginning, it was so meaningful and such an opportunity to connect with somebody in a really exposed way. Right. Because and particularly somebody that I just sat down with um, to to share, like like you said, what do I want to be as a mother, as a daughter, as a wife, as a sister, as a worker, as a friend? What do I want to be to myself? Yeah. Um, And how often do we give ourselves permission to really dig into that? We don't. You know, I mean, I remember there was a president that I had when I worked at Google and he shared that every New Year's Day he wrote down the three things he wanted to accomplish that year. So like three quick bullet points, which is a very like dude way to do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, just hash it out. It's hilarious. Um, like three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but, you know, it, it it gives you that permission to take that time to be really thoughtful and really intentional and really raw yeah. um, and, and focused. And I think it's it's something that, I was feeling a little bit lost when I reconnected with, with my friend, um, about a month ago. And I was like, Oh my God, I need to do my bold vision. Yeah. I haven't done this yet. And what was interesting is I sent her a copy of mine. I said, you're going to be my buddy on this again. Um, and I sent it to her the next day and she's like, you wrote that in one day. And I was like, yeah, she's like, I spent weeks working on mine. And I was like, you know, I just needed to get it all out. Yeah. So do you guys, when you go through your program or when you were doing the research to develop this kind of, what was the guiding, was there a guiding factor? Does it just depend on the person and kind of where they're at? I knew there was going to be an interruption. There's my dog. It's uh, welcome. We welcome all animals and children in our new world. Um, I don't welcome children in my world. I keep them locked out. But the dog, the dog oh, is always funny. welcome. That's funny. Um, so um, 
I know you can do that because your kids are older. So, so uh, let's see. Well, the first thing that that drove our curriculum was that there's a ton of research on when you write down goals, they are like like one stat we use, they're 42% more likely to happen. And, and so that really drove us. You know, a lot of people have their ambitions and their dreams in their head. And then the other thing we learned is that when people write things down as if they've already happened out in the future, that is more compelling than saying, I'd love to make X happen. I hope to make Y happen. You know, it would be great if, you know, I met the person of my dreams or I had a second baby or I got promoted. Like there's there's power in committing to a future, even if you could fail, even if you don't know how to get there, writing it down as if it's already happened and then the likelihood will go up because it's out there. You know, a lot of times we keep it to ourselves. We don't want to jinx it. We don't want to be embarrassed or like, you know, have our credibility compromised because we put something out there and, and the vision exercise flies in the face of that. It's like, no, go for it. Like we're, we're, we will fail. We're not going to achieve everything in our vision every year, but you'll feel so proud that you worked and lived with intention, that you focused on what's important. And the reason we give everyone a buddy, and if anyone's listening, they can go find a buddy. But in the mm-hmm. program, we always give people a buddy is so that you have someone that has been through this experience is also writing a vision, sharing a vision. And then we tell them meet every two to four weeks to really support each other, hold each other accountable and, and be a stand. You know, one of the things I learned about coaching early on when I did this career shift, and even when I was a leader in, in corporate America is that, you know, sometimes you think that coaching is about telling other people what to do and it's not, you know, unless you're maybe, a woman's lacrosse star and you've actually, <laughs> you know, excelled on the field. But but most coaching is is holding people accountable for mm. helping them think through their challenges and then holding people accountable for following through on did you do what you said you were going to do? Are you being who you said you were going to be? And and if if the answer is no, it's like, okay, well how, you know, are you going to recommit? How do I help you get yourself back on track? Whether that's you know, accomplishing a huge outcome at work or getting your health into a place where it's not now, whatever it might be. And um, so, so that's the power of the work. And if everyone wrote a bold vision, the world would be a better place. Always my no intention. I, I just led two sessions this week and I said, please don't make this an inspirational event. That will be a disservice. I know you're in. Yes, exactly. No, we're all of our leaders. The intention is that people leave motivated and equipped to write and share their vision year after year after year because the work works. And even me as the CEO of the company, uh, when it comes to annual vision writing time, I'm not excited. I'm like, oh, I have to write my vision. What the heck am I putting in there this year? but you don't need to like it. Year one is always the hardest and you're always so happy. It's like how I feel about Peloton. I'm happy when I'm done. I don't <laughs> love, some people do love Peloton, but I'm not one of them. I, mean, I, I only love it because I don't, I only love it because I don't have one yet. Oh, that's funny. It's like oh, a weird, funny. like I, I want one. We have no place to put it and my husband won't allow me to. Um, but once I find this place, I'm going to get one because I do oh, the yeah. app. I'm I'm a big fan of the app. Shout out to Peloton app. Yes, uh, it's wonderful. It's it wonderful. Really 
Um, you know, you touched on something that I'd love to unpack. And it was this, I, this notion of jinxing it because I just went through that when I did my bold vision and I was talking, you know, hoping for certain schools for my kids. Mm. And I got very nervous that I was going to jinx it on their behalf if I put it in there. And what's interesting about that is one, I didn't, I, I put it in there and I didn't jinx it because we got our admissions letters, but two, is this something where, you know, we think that stuff is luck and it's not, it's grit, it's perseverance, it's, it's tenacity, it's all of those things. It's not luck. And I feel like this notion of jinxing it is as if life is just happening to us versus us making it happen. Exactly. Exactly. I think it's really important to set intentions. And in your case, it worked out for your kids, but half the time it doesn't. Right. Half the time it doesn't. I, 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 um, remember that I, I had, um, well, God, I could think of, you know, things on the professional and personal side, but just recently, like when I wrote my bold vision for 2020, I, we had done a pilot at a financial services company. The feedback was amazing. And so I put, it was a big RFP and we don't even do a lot of RFPs, but the opportunity was like produce results in the pilot. And you're going to get, if you're chosen, you're going to work with 300 executives a year. So it's not just like winning, getting a new client, but it's like annual recurring revenue. So in my vision, I wrote that we won, it happened, we scaled and, you know, I, and I had a good indicator. We were, let's say 70% through the program. Anyway, fast forward for a number of reasons, they did not choose us. And, and mm -hmm. I did mourn for several days. Like I was yeah. so disappointed and I was so sad. And then I reset. I reset. Like, you know, that's that part of my vision is not going to happen. And we now are going to, you know, find other people to contribute to. But, um, you know, I, I, I don't regret putting that company's name and the outcomes in the vision. It's fine. Not everything is is going to get realized. And, you know, I put things in sometimes like you for my kids and sometimes they happen and sometimes they don't. But you know what? As a mother, I really, really, really am clear that as long as my kids are like mentally and physically well, nothing They're else fine. matters. Nothing 100%. else matters. I've watched so many kids go through, you know, their dream college and not getting it. My, my daughter got recruited to play lacrosse and then left the team. Like, you know, sometimes like life just happens. And, and mm -hmm. the more resilient we can train ourselves to be and the people we care about. I, I, that's the whole game. The whole yep. game is like, how do we go to sleep at night feeling proud of who we are and where we are? And I did my best today. Yep. You know, it's, it's, it's funny that you mentioned the, the mental and the physical health, because that's exactly why, why we made this move. My son was struggling in a very rigorous environment that he was not able to match. And you just have those moments of, to what end are we trying to overachieve? There's, there's that balance of trade of like really striving for as much as you can bring to yourself and to your life in terms of positivity and, and the achievements that you want to accomplish, but you have to be able to course correct when that's not the right path. And so, you know, to not unwind when that part of your vision didn't come into fruition to yeah. be able to reset and be like, okay, that doesn't mean the whole thing's going to fall apart. We'll just move yeah. this one into the margins. Um, that's a skill too, is to yeah. not get into the spiral. 
Yes. Yes. And to just keep playing, keep playing, you know, we are going to have setbacks. We are going to have challenges and, and just, you know, run your own race is one of the things we say in our, in our work. Yeah. And another thing you talk a lot about is, is this inner critic. Um, I've heard it called the imposter syndrome, the self-saboteur, like all different versions of this. Um, Tell tell us about it. Tell yeah, about well, I, I always voice in our head. <laughs> I, I always like to, you know, it, it's interesting because women face unique challenges in the workplace, and and we all know what they are. And no kidding. Yeah, yeah. Heard and, that. and by the way, they're worse at you know in certain industries, at in certain companies, in certain sure. countries. So you know, I I always felt like I had it pretty good, frankly, in in the United States. And sometimes being a woman worked to my advantage. But I have a lot of empathy for the very real challenges that are out there in many companies and and many countries. Um, With that said, one of the biggest foes or or nemesis, I don't know how to say that plurally, for for women is your inner critic. And that is Mm -hmm. something you can control. And I always like to act it out because, you know, your inner critic says things like, I'm not smart enough. I shouldn't be at this table. I should be further along in my career. I should be making more money. I should have gotten an MBA. I picked the wrong neighborhood. I don't fit in here. I look like crap. I'm fat. I, you know, I'm not attractive. I've, I've lost my mojo and I'm going to get found out. And that's, you know, a rendition. It's, yes. It's, I, I can so, relate 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we, in the program, we call it the roommate you would never choose, which always, you know, gets, gets, gets a good laugh. And, and so they're, they're the good news. I mean, this is not good news, right? This is part of the wiring and the research shows that women are more critical of themselves. With that said, you can retrain your brain. You can choose your thoughts. You can raise your consciousness and recognize that this internal dialogue for the most part is not true. And, and we, we talk about above the line and below the line criticism, meaning that I am all for continuous improvement. Let, like, may we always be becoming a better version of ourselves, and, and, you know, that may relate to health or that may relate to communication or how we listen or, you know, there's like, I'm working on improving so many things. However, yeah. however, below the line is that harsh, um, critical, irrational, uh, narrative that you would never, ever say to someone you cared about. And mm-hmm. that's where we need to like slay the beast. We need to really, you know, reset, we train our brain and say, that is not okay. It is not okay to speak to yourself like that. And so part of it's self-coaching. And then part of it, you know, what's been very beneficial in our, in our women's programs is having women recognize like, oh my God, it's not just me. Like everyone does this. Everyone does this. Like I'm, I'm looking at these women and they seem to have it all together. Like mm-hmm. I'm a mess, but they are so together. And then you find out it's like, no, they're not together either. Like no one's together. No yeah. one's together. And, and everybody's, um, you know, being more critical of themselves for the most part. And I'm talking about women than they need to be. But the good news is if you consciously work on and, and we give people several practices and I'll, I'll share what some of those are on, on today's, uh, you know, podcast. If you consciously set an intention to be kind to yourself, to focus on what is working, to focus on your strengths, then you're, 
you know, you quell, you quiet the, you quiet that voice. Mm-hmm. You quiet that voice because I promise you, if you and and we like one of the practices we tell women is to journal. Every morning, write down three things you're grateful for, which is very easy for women. But the harder part is at night, write down three things you're proud of or did really well today, mm. not in first half, like today. So you have to look for things all day that you're proud of, and that could be professional or personal. And um, a lot of people do that verbally. I mean, I've been doing that with my my sister and partner during COVID because it's been really hard. I mean, there's mornings I don't even feel like getting out of bed. And and there were two months when I, I wasn't sure what was even going to happen with the business. So yeah. it's like, how do you focus on what what is working, what you have done well, what you are grateful for, because the propensity of the brain is to focus on what you haven't done yet, what didn't work, that thing you said in the meeting that like, you know, you wish you hadn't said, well, you said it. You said it, it's done. Let's reset and move on. And, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes that inner critic even causes people to go into such a downward spiral that we call it a power outage. Mm. And um, I gave it, I named it that, I, I want to say like year three of the business. I called my partner, Wendy, and I said, oh my gosh, I was having a power outage at two in the morning. And she's like, what do you mean a power outage? And I said, well, I recognize that this downward spirals that I get into, and fortunately they're not usually in the middle of the night, but like they seem really dramatic and significant at the time. But at some point you come out of it and you know, everything's fine. So that's the good news of a power outage. So what we recommend to people now that it has a name is to not stay alone when you're in a power outage. So obviously you're not calling someone at two in the morning, but if I'm having a power outage during the day, I have two people in my life that I can call, say all the harsh, negative, critical things that Mm -hmm. I'm saying to myself not hold it in. And sometimes people just write this on a piece of paper and it's helpful, but like we really find it valuable to call someone you trust. That's not going to judge you. That's not going to relate it back to them. That's not going to interrupt. That's not going to disagree. That's literally just going to say, Bethany, I really got it. I really get what you're feeling. I really got it. Is there Mm -hmm. anything else? And literally you just say to your friend, like, is there anything else? Is there anything else? Is there anything else until you've like vomited all that negativity and you're always going to feel better because it's not up here. It's out there. It's out there. And so, you know, and, and particularly during COVID, I've had many power outages. And every time I call my two people and I get it out there, I feel better. Yeah. I feel better. And sometimes, look, a power outage could last a day, it could last two hours, it could last 10 minutes. But the good news is you will, the more you can practice resetting, you yeah. know, letting it go, letting it go, forgiving people. I mean, like, I don't happen to have anger as a thing, but a lot of people get really angry. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I get disappointed or I get, you know, bummed out at something I did. Um, I, I just rarely get angry, but a lot of people get angry yes. and, and, and I have just, a little bit of a temper. Yeah. And, and, and it, it has a high cost. It, it has does. a really high cost. So I'm not saying don't get angry. Like you're going to be human, but to the, you know, if you can practice the ability to, again, call someone you trust, write it down, like, and, and reset yourself because you're the one that's suffering. Yeah. You are the one that's suffering. Like the other people, the per- typically the people that you're angry with, they're fine. And I have applied this to my marriage. I wouldn't say the word angry. I just like, you know, I love my husband, but he annoys me. And I've just, 
sure I'm not alone. As, as yeah, I, yeah. You know, I think you're in good company yeah. universally. Yeah. But I think the more you can say, so what, and let it go, you will go to sleep at night with more peace. Right. And, and the, the acknowledgement that we annoy them too. Oh, <laughs> as hard as it is to believe. That's for and sure. That, and that's the thing. It's like, it's almost when you have those moments of like, you know, I always call them green light days when it's like, just everything's going your way. Yeah. You're just like, this is fucking great. I'm nailing every call. I've done everything on time. You know, it's just like, everything's happening for you. As long as we can like harness, like I almost wish you could put those days in a jar yeah. and just take it out when you needed it, when you're having those power outages so that I, what I, what I love about that is you're giving permission of this is all going to, we're, we're always going to have that nagging little voice. And then there's going to be those moments that it's going to be too much and the path forward is to just get it out of there, yeah. right? Like acknowledge it and move away from it because um, it is, it's so, it's so damaging and it's so hurtful and it's things you would never say to anybody. It's things nobody would really say to you yeah. either. You yeah. know, it's not the way anybody else sees you. Um, but it really, like you said, affects how you show up. Yeah. It affects what you contribute, affects certainly how you lead. Um, and how you present yourself when the opportunities are coming your way is, you know, if you're coming, if you're defeated, if your confidence is shot, um, if you're telling yourself you're not good enough. Um, yes, yes. It, it's, it's, we're always coaching women to, uh, first of all, recognize that the most important relationship is the one with yourself. So mm -hmm. you need to take care of it. And, and, and putting yourself first at certain times, I mean, that might be 10 minutes of breathing, reading a book for 20 minutes, but you know, take care of yourself so that you have more capacity and energy for other people and projects that, that you care about. And, yeah. and, um, you know, for many women, that's not how they were brought up and they can often see it as being self-centered. And, and I have a different perspective that is strategic. Yeah. That is yeah. strategic. Take care of yourself, get the sleep, eat well, have the friendships, you know, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. And then you'll have more capacity to give. And, and most important, be treat yourself like you, like you would a good friend and, yeah. and, you know, be your own fan. And if you have a crappy day, that's okay. Like welcome to being human and, and go to sleep and wake up and tomorrow's I'm a new day. Do it all over again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just want to be conscious of your time because I know we're at the top of the hour. Do you have a few more minutes? Yes, I do. Okay. I do. I have to be somewhere at 4.15. It's five minutes away. So we can keep oh, going. Okay. I will I will squeeze this last bit in because yeah. I think it's so relevant to right yeah. now where everything feels overwhelming and everything feels like we're just kind of like either treading water or just trying to like keep our head above water. Yeah. But your work is really about like striving and thriving. I don't want to put too many rhymey words in your mouth, but it's really about envisioning more, not for the sake of more, but for what you deserve and what you want um, to get that inner peace and happiness. What do you say to people in a moment like now? You know, I think we're really hitting that fatigue wall. We've been yeah. doing this for a year. Um, like what, it, why is this so important to do now? Yeah, I, I think it's more important than ever. And and I the language I would use to describe why write a bold vision, why, you know, bring fast forward to your company, like why why do this work is because it's it it helps people focus on what is truly important. 
And, mm-hmm. and that is the, is the first step. Like we used to say, fast forward a year from today, what does extraordinary success look like? We took out the word extraordinary in 2020. We felt like, okay, this is not relevant. Like this yeah. is, you know, there, there's just too much challenge, but you can still be thoughtful about how will you define success and happiness if you're not leaving the house. I mean, there's still like, you know, yep. like business to grow, people to take care of. Like, you know, there, there's, there's, I think that the the whole context is while there's a lot we can't control, COVID, the economy, the schools, other people, even right. though we'll keep trying, this, this, there, we, there's so much we can control. We can mm-hmm. control how we show up, the quality of our work, um, how we take care of people, how we respond and react. So that's where I coach people to focus. What can you control? And and don't sell out or settle. Don't mm-hmm. sell out or settle. I mean, we're not, you know, traveling right now. We're not, I mean, I've had some people say, well, this is not a good time to transition my career or go for a promotion. Why not? I mean, you know, language creates reality. Maybe you won't make it happen, but if you don't go for it, then there's, then there's no shot. There's, There's companies benefiting from COVID and growing. And so, so I think it's, it's, you could use the word striving. You could use the word thriving and where it all lands, regardless of the year is you get one life. And rather than doing and doing and doing and going and going and going and hoping that it turns out well this month, this year, your career, whatever, let's work and live with intention. Let's step off the track and be thoughtful. And and sometimes it's very eye-opening because you recognize that you want your life to be in a different place, but then you know what there is to go to work on. And then there's other people that have said, you know what, I'm really happy with, with where I am and I don't want to do more. Cause I don't, I I think that often in fast forward, what people recognize is that they want to do less. They want to do less. How how valuable is that? Yes. I I cannot tell you how many women write to me and say, I am saying no with confidence and without guilt. I mean, this is one of the biggest things for women to work on. This yes. is one of the biggest things. So so let's stop saying yes, unless we're excited or, you know, like dinner has to get on the table and and hopefully, you know, your partner's making it, not you. No, just kidding. Some people like to no, cook, but-, but not, what, not this girl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like I, I'm, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so that's- how yeah. I respond to that question. Yeah, I think that's really powerful. It's very helpful. Um, listen, I love the work that you do. Thank you. Uh, I'm a huge fan and I'm so thrilled that you were able to spend some time with us. Um, if our listeners want to engage with your program, with your resources, where should we direct them? Okay, so you should go to our website, fastforwardgroup.net and and right on the homepage, you'll be able to download our vision exercise and get a few samples so that you understand what the end product look like looks like. The other thing you can do is uh, search me on search for me on YouTube because we have some awesome videos that are very inspirational and will make a difference. And then the last thing is if you're a Googler, because I know that you have a number of Googlers Googlers, in your podcast community. Um, We had a big 
fan on the West Coast champion a, a special five-week sprint workshop that is launching March 10th, and I will personally be leading it. So if you want to register, you could do that, um, again, on our website or fastforwardgroup.net uh, slash five women. I don't know if anyone's going to remember that, but you'll well, put it in the we'll, notes. We'll put it in the notes. And also I would do a shout out to other companies who might want to engage on a similar type of program for their employees or want to have you come in for, for your programs because they are so tremendously valuable, particularly in this year. Um, and I think you're just doing... Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised. I mean, as I, I will tell you in, in March, I was in Europe leading and um, there was no one in the airport, I might add in Spain and London. And, and I came back and it was one of those, I mean, you want to talk about a power outage. Like I just thought, how are we going to make it as, mm -hmm. as a company if, if live training is over? And I, it was such a good example of our work because that was the one time that we really had to scrap our current vision and, yeah. and think about, okay, what now? And we wrote a new vision where we said we're delivering virtual workshop series to 10 existing clients, four new clients. We held revenue flat. We've come out of this you know, pandemic stronger. And, and literally at the time, we did not know how to run a breakout room. In, yeah. you know, in, in, and, and I was super skeptical that we could create the kind of safe, vulnerable space that we do with, with live training. So I've just been so surprised and delighted that we can, and that more companies than ever are recognizing this need to combine professional and, and personal success. So thank you for the shout out. You know, I, love new clients. So anyone listening that's that's not at Google, or, or by the way, there's a lot of teams. Google's such a behemoth. We have many teams we have not worked with yet. So hopefully yeah. um, your listeners will sign up for this special sprint. Um, and I'm, I'm so glad to be reconnected with you. I mean, you're an example of someone that that reached out five years later. And, and I'm so... Um, delighted with your success. Congratulations on, on following your passion and your superpower. And, and I appreciate being on your show. Yeah. Thank you so much. Don't forget to jump over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts and hit the subscribe button. And please leave a review to give us direct feedback and also to get the podcast in front of more eyes. It's very much appreciated. <laughs>